This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Boost your well-being and cellular energy by depleting deuterium. The first published study on deuterium-depleted water in 1961 to 2007 discovered that deuterium damages mitochondria. The geroproductive benefits of being deuterium-depleted are evident. Deuterium interference can be reduced by drinking light water on a daily basis. You will keep your body's deuterium levels low at your pace and protect yourself from the aging process. DDW, deuterium-depleted water, unlike natural water, it contains a lower concentration of deuterium. Light water is the most deuterium-depleted water in the world. Valeria interviews Viktor Sagovlovsky. He is the author of Gold, Catalyst of Radiant Health, History and Science of Gold's Medicinal Benefit. Viktor is also the co-founder and CEO of Light Water Scientific the first and only super deuterium-depleted light water, where he has dedicated himself to the research, development, and production of this rare water. Victor has researched and studied the benefits of deuterium-depleted water through his theory entitled Endogenous Radiation Damage Theory of Aging. It proposes that our biggest obstacle to longevity is the excess deuterium and other damaging isotopes on the planet, and proper mitigation will radically extend our lifespans. Victor started his career as an innovator on plant-based culinary art, having co-founded the first organic gourmet raw food restaurant in North America called Raw. He attended Loyola University and the University of Hawaii, where he pursued multidisciplinary education. He has completed apprenticeships and graduate coursework in chemistry, optical microscopy, and molecular biology. He is the author of many articles and guides in the field of wellness, biohacking, emerging medicine, technology, mysticism, and esoteric wisdom. Outside of the water category, Victor is the author of Gold, Catalyst of Radiant Health, a book about the history and science of the medicinal benefits of gold, and is adept in gold alchemy and the making of ORMEs. Meet Victor at drinklightwater.com. Here's the interview with Victor Segolovsky. In your own words, who is Victor? Who is Victor? Well, I've spent 50 years trying to figure that out myself. So, but uh, I'm just a loving human being here to help and here to here to learn and um, enjoy it while I'm here. So, yeah, who who who? That's the who am I? Right? That's the in um. The um, interesting when the when they asked Buddha that question, you know, who who are you? He said, are, are you are you a god? Are you a god man? Are you a are you a supernatural being? Are you are you what are you? Who are you? He said he said I'm just awake. So I like that one a lot. I'm just awake. I love that. Wow, this is a whole different conversation that was not really planned. I didn't plan to have a conversation around awakening or enlightenment, spirituality, but I always bring these topics to the conversations I have here. So since you mentioned, what is to be awakened? What does it mean? What does it feel like? Well, what it, what it means is, is that you can... You can see yourself as the subject and the object and the act in between. So you can you can see yourself from from your higher self perspective. See your limited 
human self from a higher self, see your higher self from a limited human self, and be the act and the witness all in one. How did you get to these understandings, Victor? And how do we get there? Or how do we even become curious about getting there? I think the curiosity is inherent because if you're not interested, you can't be interesting, as my friend once said. So self-inquiry is really important. It's just your level of consciousness and your karma and what you're here for. And um, I think it has to do with being able to ask the right questions. So first you have to learn how to ask a question and then you have to start asking them. But uh, a lot of people skip those and go straight to the answer. And the answer is not as important in the context of of asking the questions. It's the, the, the uh, you know, I've been, I'm, I've always been someone that was very suspicious of everything. So I've always been asking questions. And I think, and then I learned, and then I got empowered with how to ask the questions properly. And, um, and that changes everything because now you can now now when you ask the right questions, then you can get the right answers. Because there's plenty of answers out there. But what is the question? So uh, I, um, I I even you know I even when I was a kid. I even questioned why I, I questioned everything. Like why yeah. do we have a seven day week? Why do we? Why is it twenty? <laughs> yes. Why is it twenty four hours in a day? Yeah. Why is the earth oh, yeah. spin? So mm-hmm. I was just very curious. I think that curiosity ultimately. Um, sets a foundation for you for for certain things because at, at some point that curiosity was turned in inward right the outward curiosity is one thing but the inward curiosity is so limitless so uh when your curiosity gets turned inward you find a a whole rich inner landscape of of beingness so yeah that's just me <laughs> yeah it resonates true completely true to me because i can relate to that And with that in mind, um, the question that comes to me is, what is one question that you would suggest us to ask ourselves that can point us to this awakened state of being? Well, the question I've always asked is, why do we live so short? You know, why why do we, you know, they they say youth is wasted on the young and then wisdom is wasted on the old. So can we maintain this middle ground and how long can we maintain it? So when we come here, when we're born, we get a, it's like a, we get a book, right? And this book is on loan from the cosmic library. And, uh, and at some point you got to return that book. And what did you do with it while you had it? That's the, that's, that's the question. Did you read it? Did you study it? Did you, did you just sit on the, did you sit on the coffee table? What 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 did you do? So I think that uh, well, I think having a belief system is important, and then a strong belief system is important, and then it's also important to be open to changing your belief system. So like they say, everything in moderation, including moderation. So it's, it's important to get a healthy construct of yourself, who you are, but it's also important to uh, stay open because when you look at, you know, we all, if we ever go to church or read the Bible or we hear, we always hear this statement, the meek shall inherit the earth, right? And and I looked at the definition of that, and it's not what I thought it was, because meek just means teachable. It doesn't mean weak, feeble, anything like that. It just means teachable. So the teachable will inherit the earth, and and you're, you can't be teachable if your belief system is is closed. So it's important to have a strong belief system, but keep it open. That's that's worked for me in my life, and uh, and it's made my life easier. Because, because if you just get into a flow state and they're, 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 you remove rigid barriers from yourself, and uh, that allows you that allows you to to improve improve yourself, which is the ultimate, which is not which is the most important path because it's the most personal one. 
Yeah. And it's the loneliest one too, because it is just you and yourself that's trying to understand who you are, why you're here, where you're going, and what you what's the right what what is the right action, what is the right thought. And um so if you wake up in the morning with like that, then I think I think uh your day will go about wonderfully because it's because the foundation is there foundation for foundation for growth and uh, as soon as i made that uh, commitment in myself in my early 20s where i was going to you know some of you ask what path are you on well i said the path i'm on is self-improvement so as soon as i as soon as i adopted that belief that that my path is one of self-improvement I went about it. What comes to me a lot of times when I think about evolution, growth, the question is, what is the goal of personal improvement or personal growth? Where are we trying to get? I know we talked about enlightenment or being awakened. I like to defer to the to the great teachers of of our human collective human history. So because my words are my words are not as good as the philosophy that has preceded us that I study. And again, when they asked Buddha the same question, I said, and in this case, it was, it was, uh, why are we here? <laughs> What's our purpose? And, and his answer was the one is my answer because it, it feels correct. And we're here to alleviate the suffering of others. I think that's really why we're here. That is the, that is our main function to be, to be help you know, while we're here to help out. And in fact, we've been, we've been given a great responsibility in being stewards of this planet and help those other species that, that aren't, that, that we have the ability to, you know, we have certain faculties that, that we're blessed with that other creatures don't have. And these faculties, what are these faculties for? They're not for selfish intent. They're not for selfish reasons. So they must be for the benefit of others. When you said that, you did say that in the very beginning, a loving human being here to help. Yeah, that's uh, not just beautiful, it's practical, it's profound. And it's simple, and it's simple. It's You know what? It's the path of least resistance, so I wouldn't mm. have it in your way. Yeah, what I wonder a lot of times is, why do some of us get to this level, per se, where you are, the way you speak today in these realizations? And some of us don't they lose the body without these understandings i think i think you have to have suffered a little bit in your life first before you before you come to these realizations i think i think with like i like i tell people the ones that have suffered the most are the best qualified because you have to be able to see yourself like i said not only from your inner perspective but you're able to be able to be able to see yourself from a third person third party perspective and um and when you can do that, then then you're a little bit closer on your way. So I think it's spiritual evolution comes to people at different times. And I think I think that if you suffer a little bit, then you get it. You know, there's there's not many things that get us into the present moment, into the now. You know, there's and 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 pain is one of them. Unfortunately, pain puts you in the present moment. I mean, laughter, joy, all that puts you in the present moment too. Meditation, but uh, these, th but but those are those are a choice, and pain is often not a choice. It's something that you have to deal with in the present moment, and so it puts you in the present moment, and then you understand. Uh, well, I don't like the pain that I don't like, but I do like being in the present moment. I do like being in the now. And then you go, well, then you start asking yourself, well, what other ways can I get in that present moment besides pain? Well, pleasure and laughter and meditation. These are the other three ways that you can get get closer into that, that moment between the breaths. That state of stillness. Yeah. How uh, I many yes I, can I, didn't I say infinite? I didn't know you were going to ask me all these questions, but I'm happy to. Oh my God, I love your answers and I love these reflections, sure. the contemplation of, of what you're saying. Let's talk about the topic of wellness and well-being, health. I was 
talking before, I kind of started with the, the topic of physical health, that I tried for many years to be physically healthy and then getting the brain to be healthy, focused. But then I realized it took a while that physical health would not get me to happiness or inner peace, which I value more than happiness, actually. So what is to be healthy from your perspective? How do you define health? It's both mental and physical. And to me, health is defined as, hmm, that's a good question. So for one, health is not having to, it's a, it's a grace, really. It's a type of grace because it's, when you're healthy, you don't worry about it. It's not your concern, you know, what you eat, how you eat, what you think. You don't, you don't, you don't concern yourself with this. I remember, I remember when I was 21 and I moved into a yoga ashram. I really wanted to study yoga. I thought I wanted to, to, uh, I thought I wanted to, you know, be a little bit, um, more attuned in the, in the, uh, with, with the, uh, with the swamis and the, the, the monastic people that were into this. I was really, I liked the structure at the time. So I moved into this ashram. It was very, I really loved that rigid structure where everything was disciplined. So it was very interesting to me. And so I moved into this, uh, yoga center and, uh, I, and I'm like, Oh, this is great. You know, I'm going to do yoga three times a day. You know, I'm going to be around yogis. I'm going to meet people like myself, okay? And I realized, and first week there, I realized that there was nobody there like me because everybody there, I thought I would meet all the people that were healthy. Instead, I met all the sick people. And then I realized that that time, healthy people didn't go to yoga class. So I think healthy is when you don't worry about it. You just, it's, you only start worrying about it when you lose it or when you're, or when you're, or, or let's just say when you hyper-focus on something, when you're really just conscious of something or having not, or having lost health, optimal health, having lost that and then regained it. Now, now you're much better quick because you don't have to worry about it, but you understand it. You understand what it's like to know something if you don't know the definition it's hard to know the definition of something or i would say even impossible to know the definition of something if you cannot define its opposite so for health it's easy it's lack of health it's it's a state of sickness so if you you can define health by its opposite a state of sickness and that could be mental and physical and and i i think that i think that one you know they work together you, you it's hard to have it's hard to have perfect physical health without good mental health and vice versa. And the people that are not, let's say, particularly physically healthy, but have great mental health, they're in a much better place than people that have excellent physical health and terrible mental health. (laughs) I must agree. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) So true. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I agree with a little bit of sadness, I have to say, because I was there and it was not a a happy place. It was not a good place to be. And again, if you could look at that without judgment, just 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 as an experience, we... We have one experience after the other on this earth and, and to not identify with that experience, learn from it, but to go, and it's good to identify it as well, but you have the, you should have the ability to remove yourself from it and just look your, look at yourself like you, like, uh, looking at yourself as a third, third person. It's really important because, because you will find flaws in your character and your personality that, 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 that will come to you objectively. And then you can, you can make corrections. It's not personal. It's a, and it's a, and, and it's so easy. It's so easy because it's just choice. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to go run 10 miles. You don't have to, you don't have to say your mantra for a year, you know, nothing. It's just, just choice. And then once that choice is made, more than a few times, I think. I think it takes like what five times for something to become a become a habit, or five to do something five. I forget what it is, but there's a psychological um, explanation for habit for forming it. 
forming habits. So it's, it's, you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but I also don't want to say it's hard. Yeah, it's simple in a way. It sounds simple, but it's not easy. The notion of free will seems like I'm going back to the idea that there is free will, that we can make choices. But for a while, I didn't believe in it. I always tell people free will isn't free. You got to pay for it. And we are we are the culmination of every choice we've made in our lives. You and I on this podcast is is... What's led up here is every choice that we've made our entire lives. So, yeah, there's free will, but it's not it's the manifestation is not instant. And that's the part that anybody on a spiritual quest has to be prepared to wait. Nothing comes instantly. Cause is effect concealed and effect is cause revealed. And then there's time in between. So there's no such a thing as uh instant realization that's grace that's grace that's a gift that comes to you that you didn't that you didn't do anything to deserve but it does happen so you can't you can't ask for it you can't you can't expect it but you can ex, but you can accept it so yeah just and and uh i love to tell this little story if you if you will indulge me for a moment Two yogis get visited by Shiva, which is God in this sense, right? So let's say two spiritual aspirants get visited by their guru or their deity, right? The the, the, the person that's or the, the deity, the God that's gonna that's gonna enlighten them, which is what they're seeking. They're seeking oneness with the universe, oneness with the creator, and one of them. They they each they both get asked the question, and oh they both get at they both they both get they both are 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 allowed to ask one question and they both ask the same question, and one of them says how many more lifetimes do I have until I can experience oneness with with the universe right until I'm enlightened, and 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 God says you ha- you have three lifetimes to go. And this upsets the person says, I've been so good. I've been so good. I mean, I've been, I I knew I was just, I'm convinced this is my last lifetime. I'm so good. I've been practicing yoga. I do everything right. I meditate. I, I take care of orphans. I give to homeless people, you know, just everything I do well, you know, I'm like, he goes, well, I'm glad God answers, but, but I'm sorry to say it's three lifetimes. He says, okay, thanks. Next, next person, how many lifetimes do I have? Says, God says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you've got 1,100 lifetimes. And, and, the, and, and the guy goes, 1,100 lifetimes? Really? He goes, yeah, sorry to say. He goes, just only 1,100 to sing your holy name? That's nothing. Easy. So God says, well, if you're going to have an attitude like that, how about now? Do you see do you see the point in this tale? It's the attitude. And so you have to be ready at any time for anything. That's what we're that's if any if any conditioning that we do, it's just for that. It's just to be ready for anything at any time. That sounds amazing just to be Open, as you said before, to me, that's everything. Just being open to well, life. Well, you got to be try to have a positive outlook on things because you have a choice. You can have a negative outlook, you have a positive outlook. One's going to keep moving you forward. One's going to hold you back. It's like the first rule of improv. If you ever take an improv class, you know the first rule of improv. You will learn the first rule of improv, and the first rule of improv is to agree. Uh-huh. Because if you don't mm-hmm. agree, it doesn't go any further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second rule, I made up the second rule. I said, get, get them to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, of course. <laughs> of course, that's but convenient. <laughs> just agree. You know, it, it, uh, it, it keeps things moving, keeps things flowing, things recirculate. If you don't agree, then it stops development. And so that, that's, how I've, that's how I make my life easy. You know, it's just this is a strategy for to pat this is a strategy to, to take the path of least resistance because everything in nature wants 
Do you think everything in nature wants to do more work? No, it wants to do less work. Do you think anything in nature wants to be sad? No, it wants to be happy. So there is a bias here. If all things being equal, I'll take happiness over sadness. All things being equal, I'll take health over sickness. But those other, but those extremes and those polar opposites are important to give you context and foundation for the things that you do want. When I hear anything that sounds like wisdom, that kind of opens my heart, it's, um, that's what comes to mind. Oh, this person's open to life. How oh, wonderful. So thank you. Open for business. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> for business as well. And speaking of business, you are a polymath health optimization expert, product innovator, co-founder and CEO of Lightwater Scientific an author and also a speaker. What inspired you to do what you do today? I pick things up and I gravitate towards some things, you know, and I, and I, and I just, I, like, if you were, if you were a magnet, you get pulled towards certain things. And I get pulled towards certain things almost, it's, it's almost not conscious in a sense that it's it's just things like i'm drawn to things my whole life i've been drawn to understanding the mysteries of aging i i remember when i was i don't know i was must have been six or seven years old looking at old people and trying to understand the difference between between myself at that time seven or eight years old just very young and somebody that was 60, 70 years older than me and seeing the difference in, what, in, the, in the lifetime of aging and what is it? What, what, how does it work? What is it? You know, so I've always just been curious. I, I liken myself as an armchair gerontologist. And so I am interested in things that will extend human life. I'm interested in things that will extend youth interested in youth honestly um, and a lot of that is starts from starts as a selfish desire because we all have the selfish desire to to not age and stay optimal healthy our entire lives and we also have to cope <laughs> with with the life span and uh, aging process so it's a, it's such a, it's such an, it's such an important subject. And I don't understand what I don't understand is why more people aren't dedicated to unraveling this mystery because we come here with all the tools to this planet, to this life. We come with all the tools, but we don't have the manual and we lose, we lose our way so quickly while we're here. But really, the way is to learn, is to write the manual, and then, and then share that. And while you're here, you get the optimal experience possible because you are only here. If you if you'll permit me, you're only as I've as I've come to understand, you are here to give God a human experience. So you have to make it the best possible. Because you're dealing with a higher power here. You're here. You're like it's when you're, like it's when you're on a first date. You show up with the best of yourself, right? Like when you're at a first day on the job, you show up at your best. There. So so you do that every moment of your life. You have to because you put plant that seed. You are just here to give God a human experience to so make it the best possible experience. Be fully conscious of the fact that there is a higher power that is experiencing life through your eyes and through your actions. So you're on TV. Uh-huh, <laughs> yes, right. You're you're on you're in somebody's mm-hmm. you're you're <laughs> in your own reality, but you're in a greater reality, in a greater objective reality. And and so you have to sh- you how do you show up for that? Because because the angels and the universe Whoever is the higher power is watching. And there is no judgment here. It's just, it's just observation. And some people embody this. And when you embody this, your choices are different. You know, you, 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 you go over to more thy will and not my will type of 
choice making process. What is what is the what is the like when you are faced with A or B, if your foundation is what is the most optimal choice that I can make to better myself in this situation and to to uh, increase the amount of of uh, spiritual energy, if you will, or 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 uh, life force, if you will. What can I do in this situation that increases my life force? Because it's because this life force is on loan. <laughs> it's not you. It'll be you know you, it'll you'll you'll transcend, go somewhere else, and it'll take on some different form. But while you're here in this body that's electromagnetic, psycho spiritual electromagnetic being, you. And I don't, and I don't want to say everybody has their own free will, but so I'll say myself, me, I make the choice for what is the thing that is going to give whoever is living through me, and in this case, it's the higher self, is going to give the best experience possible. So, so it's a, it's, it's you. If you're, if you're in a limited, if you're in a limited reality. Expand. You have the you have the ability to expand your awareness to where you get into a bigger box that's limitless. So it's it's so it's so easy once you make that once you make that choice. I love the way you speak, though. It sounds very. Um, I mean, it sounds spiritual. Although everything's spiritual to me. <laughs> you know, in in um, when people ask the difference between Taoism and, and Buddhism, okay, there's a simple explanation. Buddhism in, endeavors to uh, awaken to a greater reality where the body is not so important. Like the, like the, like there's a, it's almost like Christianity. There's something waiting for us in the afterlife that, so we, so we are doing what we can in this life to get to a better situation <laughs> coming up. Okay. But in Taoism, your body is your vehicle. It is your temple to get to the next step. So I am very much a Taoist in that belief. I, I, I very much believe that to have a pure body is super important, whereas other religions or other philosophies believe that the body is not important, that it's all in the mind. And that's great for them, but, but to, to me, the temple is through the body. So I was very interested in improving the function of the body, understanding the biochemistry of how this, this, the mechanics of how this body works. And, and we're not too different. All humans are very similar, uh, or actually all, all eukaryotes, all, all I would, I would even say all life forms that need oxygen to survive are not too dissimilar, very similar. So, so in this Taoist belief, I started looking for tricks and for optimizations and for realizations and uh, uh, little hacks and uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a cheat, but I would say for hidden universal truths. Like yoga gives us a lot of secrets from the universe, but they are there to find. You don't need a text. You don't need a guru. It's all the information is there. It's just not. It's just esoteric. It's not. It's a hidden meaning. It's not on the surface. So I started looking for for things below the surface, and naturally I went to water because we're ninety eight point nine percent water by molecular weight. So I want to understand what this relationship with water is all about. We are water beings. If we don't have water, we're just we're just dust and some we're just some some dust and some bacteria. So we are water beings. So I started really looking into water, and um, and then I yeah then I then I got to a level where I I think I understand a little bit more than I did. 30 years ago. Water, that's a fascinating element that I absolutely love. <laughs> the ocean, anything that has to do with water. You are 98.9% water by molecular weight. We've been taught to believe it's 75%, we're 75% water. And that right there is profound. When you consider by molecular weight, we're 98.9% water. And water is, molecule of water is two hydrogens and an oxygen. 
Now, not all water is water. And this is, this is the basis behind the company that I started, Lightwater Scientific. Because a little bit of water is not H2O. It's HDO or HOD. And that D is a type of hydrogen that is not compatible with life. And it's been here since the beginning. And it's, if you, if, if we'll, we'll continue on this uh, philosophical esoteric thread, everything in the universe runs on hydrogen. And it's the first element created in the universe. And the reason it's still 75% of the universe is still, uh, hydrogen. So not much has changed from the beginning. And the reason everything runs on hydrogen is because it's so simple. It's one proton positively charged, one electron or electron cloud spinning around the proton, which is negatively charged. Simple. There's nothing simpler. There's no simpler element in the universe than hydrogen. But hydrogen has a cousin or a brother or sister, or whatever, a sibling that adds a neutron that's twice the weight, twice the mass of a normal hydrogen. And 0.0156% of all hydrogen is this form of called deuterium. And this is one of the problems in the universe and on this planet that causes us to age because it is incompatible with our biology. It's just incompatible with biology, period, because it doesn't fit where the hydrogen goes, but yet it tries to. So oxygen being, I call oxygen stupid because it can't tell the difference between a regular hydrogen, hydrogen one, and hydrogen two, which is deuterium. So it also binds with it to make water. But instead of H2O water, it's HDO, and in some instances D2O, which is called heavy water. And when they discovered this in 1931, because before that, we're not even 100 years past this discovery. So this is brand new to the, to the science of man. But when they discovered this, they synthesized heavy water in a lab. Instead of H2O, it's D2O. And it looks like water, it tastes like water. It's a little heavier, uh, feels like water. But if you drink it, on the fifth day, you'll die. I mean, you'll be dying slowly for five days. So it, it looks like water, but it's not water. So it's an imposter. And it all has to do with a mechanical problem. This is not a spiritual problem. This is not a philosophical problem. This is purely a mechanical problem. That deuterium is twice the mass. Every time it takes a place that's reserved for protium, which is hydrogen one, which is 99. 98% of all hydrogen and that 0.0156% is deuterium. When that deuterium takes the place of a normal hydrogen, problems happen. And this eventually causes aging and death. It's not the only thing, but this is a very important piece of the puzzle. So here it is. This is a piece of the aging puzzle right here. And as soon as I realized that this was fact. This wasn't conjecture. This wasn't, this, this can be actually proven mechanically that this is a problem. It became a primary focus of my life. Because at first I wanted to know how to make it myself. I didn't, and I couldn't figure it out. So I had to go to Russia to meet the scientists and the engineers that, that figured it out. And uh, it, 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 it consumed me for many years. It still does. Because because it consume me because I consume water. <laughs> what comes to me immediately is that if this is uh, something that happens in nature and it's natural, that's uh, part of the universe, so it's not perfect. And and the meaning for me would be that we are not supposed to be here <laughs> for too long. It's just nature. <laughs> level, it is nature. The level of deuterium has been rising here on this ah, planet. Okay, right. and when it uh, when it was yeah. lower, we lived longer. And when it was lower still, we were bigger. We were bigger, healthier, and lived longer. That when, when the dinosaurs existed, they're hundreds of tons, right? They're, they're as big as a 10-story building, some of them. The gravity was different. The atmosphere was different. 
but also there was less deuterium. There was probably half the deuterium on this planet. And you could see that in, if you go to Antarctica, the deuterium level there is 80 parts per million, whereas everywhere else, or the oceans are 155.76. So it's not quite half, but almost. So, and if you go to Lake Vostok, which is a couple miles below Antarctica, there it's 84 ppm. So there's a geological record when there was less deuterium on this planet. So as more deuterium accumulates, we li our life our lifespan decreases, and so does our physical size. What makes deuterium to increase? Why is this happening? Uh, the last thing, the last major thing that increase that that caused an increase in deuterium levels on the planet was that I can that I can prove is uh, is the melting of the glaciers at the during the ice age. There's a lot of methane locked up in that and. A lot of methane locked up in glaciers and methane is has a lot of hydrogen and so hydrogen has deuterium in it so there also comet bombardment meteor bombardment all these comets every time we get hit by a by a by a frozen piece of ice it increases the deuterium content on this planet i'm trying to go deeper into it to know is this something that it's also natural it, it just happens or this is we are doing that, humans. It's man. It's we're not doing much. Well, we we increase the amount of deuterium and another isotope of hydrogen named tritium through atomic testing, but 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 it's not. It doesn't really move the needle as much as just a natural progression of time. And when I was when I was getting into this really early on in uh, uh, mid two thousands. 2004 and on, I was wanted to understand everything I could about this, the science, history, everything. In fact, I know I got to know the history of this really well. I wrote a great article on our website, history, the history of deuterium depletion, because it's important to understand the provenance of this because it's so new. But I was researching everywhere, and I came upon um, some uh, a couple of people that claimed to have communication with extraterrestrials, ETs, okay? And uh, there was a book out in 1994 uh, by a gentleman named Wes Bateman. And um, he, was a, he, was an, he was a telepath and an empath. And anyway, he claimed to have communication with extraterrestrials. And in that book, in 1994, he asked the question, um, Journey to Stars, I think is the name of the book. And he asked the question, and he said, well, how, how long do you live? These extraterrestrials, they say we live anywhere from hundreds to thousands of years, depending on the world we come from and our level of spiritual evolution. Then he says, well, how come we can barely make it to 100 years old here or 120 as, it, as, it, as it's promised in, in the Old Testament? right? So and in there, it says you on this planet have a problem and. Your, your lifespan is limited because you have too much deuterium on your planet. So I can't, I can't, uh, I can't prove that he was in whether he was, he was true or not, but I, I thought it was very interesting because one, it's 1994. It's, it's most people, even today, most people don't even know what deuterium is. This is, this is, this is, this is 25 years ago or more and um and uh i thought it was but i think as i found I, I always like to cross correlate different sources yeah. i like to find right. i like to find two people that say the same thing that right. without yeah. that do not know one another <laughs> yes yeah and so to go back in time yeah. back in 1973 there was another uh, contactee named uh billy meyer in switzerland and he and he had the same thing in one of his he didn't write anything, but people took notes when they when he when they when um, he spoke, and um, and so there's recordings of him talking same thing, same exact question. How 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 come we don't live that long? Same answer. You have too much deuterium on your planet. But there were three other there were there were three other things too. We don't need to get into them. But one of them was I found interesting. They said you will you could figure out the deuterium problem. Um, there was some other problem, which was, I don't want to get into it. It's a se separate, separate subject, but, but, but the one I do want to mention is that, 
Uh, now, people can ask me. I, I'll be. I'm, I'm not. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not holding anything back. I'm happy to share. But we just don't have the time. But the, the, there was one thing. He said after you get rid of these, the, the extraterrestrials said after you get rid, you, you can fix the deuterium problem. You can fix the magnetic thing on the Earth. You can fix that you're missing this one element in your body, etc. But the one thing that you have to fix before you can extend your lifespan. And he said, and the extraterrestrial said, and, and we ourselves don't even understand this. This is unique to you. You collectively have this death urge as a species of humans. And so we don't understand this. As soon as you can resolve this urge to die that you have, that's, that's, that's inherent in your subconscious, then none of these other interventions are going to do anything for you. And so we have uh, we have this collective unconscious death urge, and uh, we got to get rid of it. We have to we we have to get rid of this from our from our genome, and and um, it's the it's it's why it's there. They don't know. They couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> but we but we have this uh, obsession. We have this obsession with death, and uh, and we got to fix that. But leading up into that, even how long you live is not as important as how well you live. Your health span is much more important than, than your lifespan. So in the beginning, we don't have to do much unless we were sick when we were children or we got ill early on in life. If you don't have any of that, by the time, you know, your teens, your 20s, your 30s, if, you're, if you didn't have any if you weren't vaccine injured or if you weren't injured by mercury fillings or, 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 or just <laughs> food or bad thoughts or any environmental pollute, whatever, if you weren't, if you, if you, if you escaped all that, uh, or just are not symptomatic of it, you're, you're fine in your teens, twenties, thirties, you're fine. But as you get older, you have, you, you, you want me that somebody that's interested in having youth my entire life. I want to be youthful when I'm 90. Okay. I, I want to be youthful. I don't care. The, the, how I look is one thing. It's how I feel. And I want to feel youthful. I want to have that same neuroplasticity 30 years from now that I had 20 years ago. And I still have that same neuroplasticity. And if I don't, I want to give that attention to whatever needs the attention that I don't lose that one childhood fascination to neuroplasticity and really youth, right? Youthfulness. So that youthfulness is a given to you when you're young. But as you get older, I turned 50 this year. To me, it seems more about general protection now, how to protect yourself for the long run. And so that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because it works. It works. It works well, and it's easy. It does. There's don't and 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 it's a different concept than any other health intervention. Where here, take this supplement, take that, put this. You're missing this. No, this is only has to do with one thing: reducing the amount of deuterium in your body. That's it. That's it. And when you do that by twenty percent, then you meet the body you were supposed to have or meet the body that 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 is in its optimal state optimal when i say optimal i mean metabolically optimal because because our bodies really do much better when our deuterium level is in the 120 ppm range in the body and not 150 ppm range that 20% difference is like everything and so here now I'm here waving the flag. I'm an evangelist now. I never thought I would be, you know, an evangelist for something because there was nothing to evangelize. That 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 uh, I mean in this in the in the realm of products. Okay? You know, I'm not a, a you know, product is a product. You know, I'm I'm as you as you know we're talking now. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a spiritual person. So to me, product is you know secondary to to your to your um, inner, inner, uh, landscape. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I found it, I found it. And, and, uh, and this has, and at first I found it with fasting. I would go days without food and water, you 
did it with did it I, I, I tested the extremes and and it led me to you know I wanted to understand my relationship with water well how do you rec- how do you understand your relationship with water you have to go without it it's the only way so I would go without water for a week no food no water and then you understand your relationship with water how do you understand your relationship with energy well, only when you don't have it do you understand, you start understanding it, and then you could then you could measure. Then like like Lord Byron said, what can be what can be measured can be managed. <laughs> yeah, that's the quote. Yeah, what can be measured can be managed. So if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So now we can measure energy in our body. We we've come to a point in our science collectively as a species where we're starting to unravel really incredible things. I mean, we understand stem cells. Now you have this CRISPR thing about epigenetics. And I mean, we've, we've come, we've come a long way in the last hundred years. We've made evolutionary leaps. And this is just another one of of these evolutionary leaps, because if we're going to, if we're going to make it as a species, we have to, we have to become a uh, what, what, what does Michio Kaku call it? Like a level one civilization that where we can actually, leave earth's gravity right and we can't we can't be successful outside of earth if we're not deuterium depleted it's impossible and 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 i will i will anybody can please challenge me on that anybody can elon musk any of them they until we're deuterium depleted in our bodies and that means drinking deuterium depleted water or fasting which doesn't get you even halfway there, like like drinking DDW does, you will not exist in space. You will not exist on Mars. It will be completely impossible. So maybe right now, it's the universe planting these seeds in in us to evolve our species. Because these these we're 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 if, like the like the quote from uh, um, Isaac Newton. If I have if I have seen further, it's only because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. Well, we are standing on those shoulders right now, and so and so human evolution is at the point where we've been where we are giving we're we're, we're given things almost free from the universe. This is grace. This is the grace that we've been talking about. We're given these little seeds into our consciousness: deuterium depleted water, uh, over unity, superconducting elements you know we're we're problems that we have as a species our biggest problem right now is we consume 600 times more energy than we produce so certain scientists were born like nikola tesla that that had solutions for this said here we we have to fix this problem and and unfortunately progress is slow so these things take hundreds of years but 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 when we when problems arise answers come with those problems there's this is this is why i don't like to listen to media that's negative because if somebody's going to tell me something negative they better give me the solution too it sounds amazing though when i went to your website and gosh i was like this water that sounds really great to me and i wish i could have it like right away it's the same water that's inside your cells the the water that's inside your mitochondria is not water that you drank it's water that you made you synthesized it like like you baked it like grandma baked apple pie you know it it's you, you grew the apples you baked you didn't get it at the store so none of the water that we drink is water that makes it in our mitochondria it's water that we make and that water that we make called metabolic water inside these nano confined spaces of the mitochondria is deuterium depleted it's 60 to 70% deuterium depleted so that's a clue right there but the body's trying to filter this stuff out from our energy producing pathways. We want, and in order for something to be of a crystalline nature, it has to be pure. When you have a, when you look at a crystal, how do you value a crystal? How do you value a diamond? By purity. And you could see the imperfections, right? Or you see that it's pure, it's crystal clear. It's so same thing with water. The, the value of, Water as a crystal is in its purity. So when you remove the deuterium, you get purity. So what we have here is a new standard in water purity. That's all. And eventually, somebody will come around and figure out a way to make this easy. Right now, it's not easy. 
it's it's very difficult to remove this from water. That's why the water is expensive. It takes a big factory and lots of equipment and, and decades of even getting to the point where it can be commercially available. And and it's like it's like you and I are talking by a, next to a campfire, and it's and it's and it's 1870, and we're going, wow, wouldn't it be great if there was a light bulb? And sure enough, 30 years later, there's a light bulb. So eventually, I think we will upgrade the standard of water purity for all humanity. And all humans will have the ability to get water that's 20% or more reduced in deuterium. Not not just, you know, they won't have to buy it from us. They won't have to go to uh, Antarctica. Somebody will come up with, somebody will figure it out. But I'll say it's it's as hard as making a light bulb. It's it's nearly impossible because uh, it's so it's so hard to remove this water from water. You're removing HOD from H2O. They're so similar, so it's very difficult to separate the two. And uh, but it is. It's a new standard in water purity, and anybody that embraces this standard gets the benefit. And will live longer. <laughs> you know whether you. I don't know if you'll live longer, but you'll have a you'll have a your your health span will be longer your 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 youthfulness will be longer your your age, you will slow down the aging process you're not going to stop it you're not going to reverse it maybe that's coming in the future too but 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 i can only speak to what i know and i know that this slows it down i love everything about it of course the promise of that that one day it will be accessible to everyone, not just um, some of us, but it's such a, a beautiful product and gift of your young mind, Victor, I would say, in the sense of being open to life again, then curiosity. It's just a product of that. That's what I see. So thank you for that powerful message of always keeping ourselves open and listen. <laughs> thank you for thank you for asking the right questions. Thank you for the answers, <laughs> the beautiful answers that will stay with me. We're almost at the end, but I also want to mention that you wrote a book titled Gold, Catalyst of Radiant Health, uh, History and Science of Gold's Medicinal Benefit. That was very interesting to read just uh, the description on Amazon. So would you like to make a comment? Yes. Him? When you look at the recommended daily allowance of minerals you don't see gold there yeah no and that's a shame mm, yeah <laughs> now gold cannot be digested in its metallic form so you have to reduce it down to the, the smaller you can get it the better because at some point it becomes well this is in the book people call it monatomic or high spin state and that's not exactly accurate either but it is a it is in a nano state. So, so because our bodies cannot, our bodies cannot break gold down, but when it exists in a very small state in a, in a single molecule or even one, you know, under 10, under 10 molecules in size, it has much different properties than when it's in its metallic form, its macro mineral form or macro element form. It's not, not a mineral. So, it has this, it, it's, this is where the word alchemy comes from. The, the, the alchemy started, I would say, if you look, if you study the etymology of words, in this case, that word being alchemy, I, I traced it all the way back to the word chemie, which is Chinese for gold juice. And then if you put the definite article on it, like you would, if you were, if like all, like if Arabic, it would be all. So the alchemie. So this is gold juice. And what does gold do in the body? Well, it acts as a catalyst. It improves everything else. It improves, not, okay, I wouldn't say everything, but maybe so. But it catalyzes reactions in the body. And it improves the functioning of everything. It's like when there's, a bunch of guys in a room and then a beautiful woman walks in everybody just everybody just goes 
everybody just goes, you know, they just, <laughs> just spring up, you know, their yeah. posture gets better, yeah. just, right? But yeah. the, the, the woman didn't look at you. She didn't acknowledge you. She, she just, the mere presence of her catalyzed the reaction in you. Okay. And this is, this is for both sexes. I don't want to, I mean, in my case, I'm a man, so I, but, but, uh, gold has a catalyzing ability when it's in that reduced form. And, uh, there's a lot more to it than just this, because there's, there's a whole mystical side to this, but the, but the, if we can increase the amount of this reduced form gold, which I, which is some people called ormus orbitally rearranged metal understudy or orbitally rearranged monatomic element is what it stands for but if you can have it in this kind of nano reduced form then everything works better the, the one th one thing that um there, some of the studies out there and there's a lot of them when, once you start digging into it you go oh my god there's a lot on this how come i never heard of this well it didn't make it didn't make it to your nightly news, but it, it really increases brain function for one, because when, how do, how do, um, brain cells grow? Well, they send signals, right? Everything in the body has uses signaling molecules. Everything, everything sends a signal. So what if that signal was amplified? Aha, uh -huh. that's what gold does. It allows signals to not only be amplified, because those signals are using light, right? They're using ultraviolet light. So it magnifies the signal, but it also lends coherence to that signal. So it puts it in proper order. So everything is scattered and we're looking for, we're looking, we're looking for a pattern. We're looking, we're looking for that crystal, right? We're looking for order, coherence. So gold is, is something that helps you improve your coherent state and the, and brain coherence is so important. So it give, puts you on an even keel, gives you a equanimous, is that, a, is that the word? Equanimous nature? Equanimity it puts you puts you in a state of equanimity. Do you have a product for that too, Victor, on the making? I did. I sold it for many years. It's hard to make. Um, it's it's uh, ormusgold.com. You could find out more. I'm not selling it right now because I'm too busy with what I'm doing. I make some for myself, but it's just very difficult. I mean, you have to. It's a very difficult process in the laboratory, and if you screw it up, you lost days if not months of time and then you got to start all over again and and uh it's something that we developed a group of us developed over a period of a decade and uh back in the back in the early 2000s starting and uh by about 2000 by about 2008 we've, we've kind of 2008 2009 we figured it out but yeah that's something that i'd like to do again uh, it has incredible benefit for people it just it's a hard sell because because um when you look at the when you look at the inert chemistry of gold it doesn't do anything it's only when you reduce it it's only when you reduce it down to that size that's in the that's in the angstrom size a single mole, single atom to between one and ten atoms uh then it then it behaves very very differently so so yeah this is a, it's a i i encourage people to learn more about it and then and then and then if enough people uh bug me about it then i'll make more <laughs> Ah, that sounds good. <laughs> sounds very good to me. Thank you so much again for your contribution to humanity with all of it, not just improving health, but also elevating consciousness. I have deep appreciation for this kind of, let's say, evolution of, of one's mind. And I, I can hear that in you. I can see, I can hear it. So thank you so much for that amazing contribution. Thank you. And, I, and thank you for being who you are, too ask these questions and, and providing a providing a forum for these types of topics really valuable yeah thank you Victor. i love doing this <laughs> it's a love thing i have technical question and then before that let me ask you one question i have to choose i'll ask you this one what do you love most about being in the human body 
I could tell you all things I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a whole list, right? So let's leave you it at that. I, I, you know what I love about the, the human body? We can make music. That's what I love. I love that we can, that we have a, we have an instrument, our voice, and that we have hands and fingers to play other instruments. So I love that we have this gift of music. Uh, what comes to me is harmony. So you've been talking about crystals. You have the imperfect harmony. So I'm all about balance and, and harmony, music, of course. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for the beautiful reminder and this um, incredibly, to me, divine messages. So before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, light water services, and future projects, Victor? Drink Light Water, D-R-I-N-K-L-I-T-E-W-A-T-E-R, drinklightwater.com. That's our company website. And you can find a lot there. If you're interested in, uh, we also do testing. We can test your body for deuterium. That's deuteriumtest.com. Uh, if you're a scientist, researcher, doctor, etc., there's deuteriumdepletion.org where most of the studies and literature more in-depth literature is available um, about me. I have a, I, I don't have much of a social media presence right now. So you can certainly contact me through the company, uh, Instagram or calling a company. That's, that's a uh, very easy to do. Um, so I actually, I, my Instagram is Vic love, but I don't, I don't really go on there much. But you can contact me. My name is Vic Love on Instagram. So um, yeah, that's um, that's where I am. am. But uh, I, somebody wants to get a hold of me, it's I. I don't make myself. I make myself available. So if anybody has anything to talk to me about, get a hold of me. I'll usually get back to you within within a few days. Mm, wonderful to know. So I'll have the website link on your podcast profile, drinklightwater.com, light, L-I-T-E. I love that word is there, light meaning also playfulness and light uh, in sense of elevation of the Levity. Of Levity. Levity, I love that. <laughs> so thank you so much again, Victor, for your presence here today and we'll talk soon. Bye for thank now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Victor Sigalovsky and his work, please visit drinklightwater.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.